Queen PR, Crystal B, those wrestling girls, TWG, Black Excellence, making it effortless podcast, bringing up women and wrestling. Let's go. What's up, everybody? It's your favorite girls, those wrestling girls. It's your girl, Crystal B. And Queen PR. And I know you guys have been waiting for a long time for us to hit them intros again. I know. We've been booked and busy and blessed. Thank God. Yes, yes um, we were just talking about that too. Absolutely. Um, so we we've really been busy, but we decided to come back to you guys fully feeling fully refreshed. Oh, like so refreshed. we definitely had to take some time off you know besides doing the live streams which is amazing thank you all for following us on twitch and things of that nature we definitely appreciate it become affiliates yes that is like a milestone that we really like set that goal and i gotta thank everybody that hangs out with us every week every week since they were non-stop while we talk homework about wrestling it's like human nature at this point for them but you know, when we came back from WrestleMania, I always talked about how my TikTok algorithm literally shifted to everything mm-hmm. wrestling that wasn't on our those wrestling girls TikTok. And one TikToker in particular, I've been following them before I knew that they were a wrestling fan. And I'm just like, oh, yes. So that was the cool part. So I was ch- I was checking out their TikTok, and I was like, oh my god, there's like reviews about everything. Yes, like, like I think. Of course, the pandemic introduced us to people we've never known, we never knew existed, which one of the best parts of the pandemic, right next to, you know, staying home and the stimulus checks. But, (laughs) however, this person, I first came across this person, it was talking about the issues and the political issues and things that was going on in the world, mentioning George Floyd, you know, staying on top of that. And then it kind of went to like entertainment and reality TV and things like that. And then I haven't, I didn't see them in a while. And it's okay to take a social media break. You know, algorithms is all messed up or whatever. But then, boom, slapped me dead in the face. I was like, I remember as soon as I saw that WrestleMania 39 preview because we all felt the same. We all felt the same about WrestleMania 39. We all felt the same about Raw after WrestleMania. And I think we should just let the special guests up because we can't have them wait in. So please welcome, without further further ado, TikTok influencer, the one and only Pablo the Don. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you guys? I love your hat. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very, very much. She's a big Stone Cold fan. I got to give him some space. Same, same. My, I won't say my favorite, but definitely top five. Oh no, we're gonna ask. So you gotta say. <laughs> All right. Gonna, so how are you though. feeling? How are you feeling? I'm doing good. You know, I'm enjoying life. I'm really. This is my first time doing a wrestling podcast, so I'm super excited. Like, <gasps> oh yeah, wrestling has always been a big part. I think a big part of me, but not necessarily my content. It was always in my clothes, though. Like I was always wearing like a. A wrestling shirt or something was in the background that had wrestling in it but i feel like it wasn't until like around wrestlemania where i really started actually uh what was the AEW pay-per-view right before uh revolution that i really like started talking about it online and people was like you like wrestling what and i'm like 
yeah, I'm a Matt, like forever and always going to be a wrestling fan. So like, I'm super excited to be here. Thank y'all for having me. And like, answering so quickly, I'm just like, oh, this person's a TikTok star. They're going to have a publicist. We answer their emails for them. And I'm going to have to wait because we work in media. So we know what it's like to just yeah. have to wait for publicists <laughs> and management and what can be said and what cannot be said. And yeah. so I'm just so glad it's you. It's authentically you. And welcome to those wrestling girls. Yeah, thank you. I've Go definitely ahead. seen y'all on TikTok and I've seen some of y'all interviews before. And so I'm super excited. This is like an honor for me. I'm super happy that my first podcast gets to be with two black women like this like yes amazing um so thank you for having me like i'm so excited to talk about whatever everything wrestling okay so we got to jump from the beginning because p noticed your hat i'm team rock she's team Should we just get it out the way everyone that comes on our show so we're known for being like attitude era babies and as you can see chris is a big rock fan i'm a i grew up a stone cold fan so you when you it, it became a big thing like when you come on the show you have to basically say like you know kind of like what you rep like but you know i it, like you came rep so you know it's it's really crazy because the entirety of like my personality online is modeled after the rock but the entirety of my style is in terms of like aesthetics and clothes and kind of attitude towards things is stone cold down, like definitely DTA, definitely like no mercy type thing. So it's like I put both of my favorites together and created what is Pablo. Like I saw The Rock do this random interview where he was like, The Rock is Dwayne Johnson dialed up to 10. And I was like, take who I am in real life, dial that up to 10. But then I saw how Stone Cold approached things and just had this certain like cachet attitude about him that was like just drew me to him too. So it's like combining the charismatic with like the the brashness of a Stone Cold, and that's how you get Pablo, pretty much. Wow, I think that's the first we've heard, you know, like kind of that mix between them because it's hard to choose. Like even I, you know, had to later on admit that I did love The Rock. Like he's definitely in like my, you know, I'm like, you know, I just have a preference. So I love that you was like I got inspired by both because you can arguably say they're one A, one B, one. What even if it's closer than that for sure like they definitely go hand in hand for me I think both of them play such an important part into my, my childhood and even helping me form who I am as an adult it's so crazy like I always used to joke online like the rock's my dad like and I still joke about it like the rock's my dad I think and then, I you at one of your TikToks I saw I'm just like come yeah. on my mother my, come yeah on. my dad I made a I made a TikTok about his rap and I was like you know my dad is out here rapping and like I always very much felt like that's my dad like you know that if I ever met him in person like I would probably have a mental breakdown because of how oh, much he meant to me as a kid you know like but the same thing with Stone Cold like it's the same sort of they both had the same impact at the same time and I think like people don't talk about the rarity of that happening especially in wrestling where it's like two people like at the same time in the same company going head to head basically going like I know they were going battling with WCW but at the same time they're also battling each other for like supremacy as like the most over person not in the company in the world and so like I I don't know I would probably have a meltdown talking to either one of them so yeah I can't pick between them I, I have a rock hat I got a stone cold hat I got a rock shirt stone cold like both of them matter of fact hold on Oh my, what is it? Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, 
not too far behind the vinyl. Yeah, they they both sit on uh, one of my vinyl uh, record player things next to each other as always right next to eddie guerrero and his lowrider too Love and it's that. like you them lowrider yeah 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 hold on i'll so show epic. you so epic love that love that yeah oh, I have oh my, my god eddie funko pop oh, yeah. I, I need one now i gotta add that to my funko collection yeah that is exactly. so cute so, so it's I'm always so been curious. there like where are you from how did you get into wrestling so I'm from Florida. I'm from South Florida, closer to the Miami area, about an hour north of Miami. And honestly, my siblings, I've got four older siblings, uh, way, six, seven, eight years older than me, three, actually three, six, seven and eight years older than me. And honestly, since I was born, I've been watching wrestling. Like, I don't remember my I, my earliest wrestling memory is actually like Chris Jericho making his debut on Raw. Uh, where he cuts off the rock so that's that's my earliest wrestling memory and so like they just like I was their little sister so they're doing all the wrestling moves on me I'm getting stone cold stunned I'm getting rock bottom I'm getting tombstone pile drived into pillows and all this stuff I got a nice cool scar from my brother pretending to sling me into a ropes and he actually slung me into our mantle and I cracked oh my, my face. So it's like, I've always been into wrestling. It's always been an important part of my childhood since literally 99, like 99 is the foundation of me and like wrestling. Um, and yeah, I've always watched. We always were begging our parents for pay-per-views. We hated Sundays because we had to go to church and we couldn't watch the pay-per-views. Like it was horrible. <sighs> Only WrestleMania was allowed to be bought or it had to be like the biggest match ever for wow. us to buy something else. So yeah, it's always been part of my life. Always foundational, always shaped who I was as a person. Got you. So if you can't choose between The Rock and Stone Cold, who would you say is your favorite of all time that kind of made that first impression on you? Ooh, that's hard. But um, this is, I feel like this might be a bit of a throwback. Once I got into him, it became dusty. It's dusty. Mm, okay. um, and like everyone likes a joke. My mom was super into wrestling when she was a kid too. And she was just like, she would go back and show me his tapes. And I'm just like, she was like, yeah, this is like the first black famous wrestler. And I was like, what? And she was like, <laughs> No, for real. <laughs> and she was like, he gets it. And I started watching his tapes and like he would do the lisp and like the the whole get up and like, uh, what's up, baby? And like all that stuff. And I would start imitating it. Honestly, walking around the house, be like, blue eyed soul, baby. Like I would just start doing stuff yeah, like that. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that so much. It's so, crazy you said that because I started to gravitate towards Dusty. Like I always knew who he was and I always knew that he stood for you know he was most famous for his feud with rick flair and the mm -hmm. four horsemen and the hard times promo like who doesn't love the hard times promo right. but then watching his legends on a and d i literally was genuinely tearing up the entire episode because it's just like so good he literally related to those common folks tech essentially us like they yep. look like people who look like us he didn't have a racist bone in his body he you know the way that his parents raised him, I, he was raised right in the, in a world where he came from an era where right. segregation was at its all time high. So for Dusty to come and emulate that and to portray that on TV and his promos, it's just like exactly. And at the root of it all, I feel like what I do now and what I what I aim to do for the rest of my life is tell stories. And I feel like he is one of the best storytellers mm -hmm. ever. So who better to be like 
inspired by and held up. He wasn't the greatest in the ring, but he was going to be the most charismatic. He was going to be the best on the mic. And he was going to tell you a story like that. Ric Flair feud took him three times to beat him. And if yeah. that doesn't show like the American dream, the resilience, the, right. the, the gusto, the like, all of that, just all of that put together is like, wow, these are the types of like long-term stories I want to tell. Like, this is it. This is how you, and this is how you do it in a wrestling format, mm -hmm. but I want to do it in a different format. But even then I'm like, do I want to wrestle at some point? Like, <laughs> you never know. You never, you know, never know. know. At one point, and then I was just like, I'm too bruised up from non-wrestling activities that I can't <laughs> see on the bed. You'd be like, oh, no. I only said I would because I saw Awesome Kong one time and I was like, oh, a big a big girl out here wrestling i could do it i could i could do it i think i could do it and i had played sports in college and stuff and i was like maybe i want to now i'm getting a little too up there in age and i'm like no reel it back reel it back. <laughs> 30s you gotta you gotta re-evaluate yeah. life yeah. Yeah. i already it's, got a metal rod in places, my ankle you know like, all that. You gotta, i got yeah. you got a metal rod in your ankle i have tears in my rotator cuff i got herniated discs like, in my back and my neck like it's like what did i do i don't i don't I don't remember throwing anything. I don't exactly. <laughs> it's like, I don't think, uh, even like, if yeah. I got into it, I don't think my bump card would be very high. So right. uh, I feel like yeah. I would have to be trotted out as like a special attraction. Yes. That part. Like, I, well, I can see you doing like, like oh. backstage interviews or being like a featured, like special guest or something like that. So because of like who I am, I can't stay tied to one thing at one one time too long. Mm -hmm. Like I just got a shift. So like now my current goal is like, yo, I've never seen uh, a high profile announcer. Like I've never, we, we've had Beth Phoenix. They gave Renee Paquette a little bit of a chance, but like there's never been anyone that's like on a Jim Ross level or mm -hmm. a Excalibur level. Like, why can't I be that? That's like my new thing is like, I want to do that. that. I want to be that. We're going to do it together because that's been that's literally one of the goals I've manifested all the time. Like being the me for me to be the first African-American woman ringside announcer in WWE. Because you, yes. you yes. don't see them. Like and Pat McAfee, he was up there and they took him away from me. And I'm just like, wow. I love that man so much. He fits yeah. so perfectly into wrestling. And like he's got the be he's got a great personality. He's my favorite announcer that's out there right now is yeah. Pat McAfee straight up. I literally fell like when he came out at WrestleMania because I didn't nobody knew, of course. And I literally fell on P and she's like, oh, my gosh, are you OK? And I'm just like, girl, Pat McAfee. I started crying and all that was real ugly. It got real ugly real quick. But um, so you say you've been watching wrestling. The first thing you remember you watching wrestling is from when Chris Jericho pro, um, debuted. And yeah. how it's, it's crazy because you said that wrestling wasn't really allowed in your house on Sundays and you can only you know, watch WrestleMania. For me, it was so opposite. My brother, and that's who got me into wrestling, he would literally record, like he'll buy the pay-per-view and he'll record every pay-per-view and we'll watch it on tape. Because you know how you used to come on yep. Sundays? They'll, yep. play, they, they'll play the, the little pictures and sound effects on Monday Night Raw. Yep. Tuesday, the encore come back on pay-per-view. Exactly. Like, yep, nope, we're going to record it. That's it. I remember... The first match that I've watched that I, I really, I still can't watch to this day, which is um, the I Quit match between Rock and Mankind. That's the only one I can't stomach. Like, even when I was watching Legends yesterday, I mean, National Treasures yesterday, and it was Mick Foley part, and they even played the um the little skit. skit yeah. like, uh, 
um, say I quit, and he over here breathing hard, somebody you're going to have to kill me. That's when the TV goes off. Because, no, you're not. Literally. Has there ever been a match like that? You was just like, mm, maybe I can revisit it now, or maybe I can't yeah. yet. Um, Mick Foley and Triple H at Royal Rumble 2000. See, and I uh, love that one. Style. That one does not bother me. It was hard. It was so hard for me because at the time, right, when we were watching it, right, or I think oh, that was the thing I was going to say. Eventually, I ended up like my dad used to play in an over 40 league and the guy that would run the gym, he would tape all the shows. So he would give me the tapes like starting in like 2000. So then I never missed the pay-per-view ever. So then I would get the tapes from him. So he gave me the tape for Royal Rumble 2000. And I, at the time, I was like, oh, Mick Foley, like, the retirement, it was like, he's going to retire. Little do we know he was coming back in, like, nine weeks at WrestleMania. But, like, it was, like, the retirement match. And I didn't want to see him retire because it's, like, my brothers had showed me tapes of him getting thrown off Hell in a Cell. And, like, the early Mankind, like, deranged, crazy days of his feud with The Undertaker and, and Paul Bear getting involved. So, like, that match... I think that's also the match where Triple H has that wood spoke stabbed through his leg too. And it was just gory. It was bad. It was was bad. So just like watching everything he put his body through, it was really hard for me to watch for a long time, but now I go back and I can, I can stomach it. I can watch it. I think the things that are hard for me to stomach and watch, which is so crazy is uh, entrance music, like entrance music. Um, to To this day, there is, Three wrestlers where if I hear their mu- music, I'm a cry. Which is if I hear the glass shatter, I would cry. If I hear <gasps> oh, every time, yeah. every we fucking it. time, we, we've it, heard it. I think we've heard Stone Cold Steve Austin's glass shatter like three times now in person. And it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, if I hear, if you smell uh, tears, immediate tears, dying on site. And then the last one is if I hear Metalingus. If I hear Edge's theme song, I will lose my shit. Like it is just like a. Oh my God. And I remember watching Royal Rumble 20, 2020 when he returned and I was literally like a bucket of tears. Like I could oh. not stop crying. Like it is bad. Like for whatever reason, once I grew up, I started forming this attachment to Edge because I liked heels and like mm-hmm. Edge became my favorite wrestler. And anytime I would hear Metal English, Metal English just straight up crying to this day, I cannot control it. Like oh, my girlfriend I will be sitting that. next to me. And I'll be like, oh, man, I'm about to cry. She's like, why? And I go, because Edge is about to fight. And I just always cry when he comes out. It's so bad. And, like, as soon as I hear it, just tears, just buckets. And it's I just because that. of the memories. It's the right. That's what it it's is. It's so the much. memories. It's so and, and I, like, vouch for wrestling because there's not many things that can give you, like, those moments that, like, where you, like, can't explain it. Like, Friday night and Saturday night, I was literally crying my eyes out as soon as Elena came out to the point when she went to the back, just because those moments that you just can't like, like when people are like, oh my God, you still watch wrestling? And it's just like, you you watch it like for those moments. Yeah. Yeah. You have yeah to I've just, I mean everything. Me and my girlfriend joke all the time. She's like, I can't get you to cry for nothing, but let me put on a wrestling tape and you're just yeah. a button. I'm like, it's just everything that world means to me, the like, everything it helped me escape everything it made feel better it doesn't matter where i am i'm always going to have an attachment to wrestling and i'm always going to cry at certain things because it's just going to bring me back like to a certain specific moment and it could be a different one this time from the last time but it's always going to bring me back to something where i'm like oh my god i remember when this happened i remember what it smelled like what i ate for dinner and just tears and it's just like whoa yeah Yeah. It, it, it it's like that like you mentioned when edge returned at um um Royal Rumble in 2020 like we know that day was definitely a bittersweet day mm-hmm. because you know we lost or lost Kobe but what really 
stuck out besides, you know, WWE, everybody, the whole world was literally mourning Kobe. We had two of the biggest returns that we wasn't even expecting to return because not only did Edge return, but we also had Naomi return. Yeah. And that right there was just like, you people were able to get over the grief for that small that one escape real quick yes just to applaud her come out in all her beauty all her natural hair and you know and do amazing Amazing. yeah um and then was shortly after that actually had a chance of you know interviewing her speaking to her about that moment and more and she was the one who was like i can get into wrestling at the age that i am i said no my name is not ddp i'm not doing that but um (laughs) i love that I'm not doing that, girl. I'll, I'll I'll stand and cheer you on the sides. But um, fast forward to her return now in um Impact. Impact. Like, yeah. What are your thoughts on Naomi's return on Impact? Like from her walking out and um WWE, her dispelling all the rumors finally, and her genuinely being happy in Impact. What do you thoughts? You know, like. As much as I think now, especially with like AEW being around, people really love to just like crap all over WWE, which I think is kind of unfair in a lot of ways. But I think when it comes to Naomi and Sasha, especially Naomi, I think the best thing for her to do was to leave WWE. I don't think, and I think they've had a long-standing issue with treating black women, especially darker-skinned black women, Jazz, Jacqueline, with the amount of respect that they deserve, despite a lot of those women being the foundations of the women they prop up, like 100%. Jacqueline cheering Trish Stratus, Trish. like she made Trish, like, yeah, like, things like that. So to see Naomi like be like, you know what, I'm done with this. I understand that like maybe I can't do a New Japan like Sasha right now. I understand who I am in this world. Like let me let me like figure it out what's best for me. So for her going to Impact and actually choosing not to go to AEW, whatever that situation was, for me, it felt like that's the best thing for you to do. Because not yeah. only, like she said, does Impact have the best history of treating women's wrestling in general, like period, just right. period. Um, but fun. also like, I think the things that, she's a superstar to me, but I think the things that she potentially could have worked on or needed to work on is things she can do in Impact. Like I think like her mic skills are going to get incredibly better which i never thought were bad but i think they're just what, it's without the chain like without the chains like it's like exactly she can be her you can just be yourself and i also think the caliber of talent that's over there like you've got a diana perrazzo mm-hmm. you got a jordan grace you've got like right. girls who really really don't come up in the wwe style right. of wrestling who really just wrestle and cut their teeth on the indie scene not to right. mention you got mickey james over there too mm-hmm. where mickey james started in tna the first ever thing she ever did in tna was being a faction with cm punk so like you've got these people that you are familiar with but also new girls to like do things with the only thing i want naomi to do in impact is get rid of the rear view because i just don't think it's a good finisher i don't think it's going to finish nobody but other than that i think it's time for you uh, yeah i think it's time for her to change her finisher especially going to impact and like you said the talent over there the different matchups yes because as much as like you know we grew up pretty much wwe loyalist for for the most part just because of what you said the emotional uh the legacy that it has in our lives so it's very you know i had nothing against other promotions but i always gravitated towards wwe so a year ago I was terrified that that Mercedes and Trinity were going to leave. I was just like, no, because to me, I'm just like, where am I going to see them? But then you realize like, oh, shit, I, you know, Mercedes got me staying up watching New Japan. Trinity got me finding the Access channel. Like, right. oh, <laughs> you watch it? I'm you know, over so, searching for it. Right, exactly. So did you grow up watching like WCW or were you just... 
Yeah, it was full throttle anything you can get your hands Ooh. on. Like, I remember my brother was watching a lot of, like, Great Muta and Juice and Thund Thunder Liger and, like, people like wow. that. He was watching New Japan and got me into pro wrestling Noah. So, like, I really became, like, a big wrestling. Like, not just WWE. Obviously, I was a loyalist, but, like, not just WWE. He was like, you need to learn these different styles. He had me watching tapes from, like, Britain, like, William Regal wow. over in Britain type stuff. And so, like, I really just became, like, a fan of wrestling in general. Like, I knew it gave me a lot of insight into what is WWE style versus what are the different global styles. And it made it easier for me when like an AEW came around to be able to adapt, to be like, this is what's on the indie scene. Also a thing a lot of people don't know is ring of honor was filmed in Florida. So I was going to ring of honor shows as a kid, a lot of ring of honor shows. Like I got to see like really blessed Sami Zayn and wow. Kevin Owens and Adam Cole, Roderick, or Ta uh, uh, what's his name? Roderick Strong, Roderick and like, Strong. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish and like uh, Tyler Black or Seth Rollins. Like I got to see all of them before they were who they were wow. on the indies and at Ring of Honor. Um, I got to see the great, uh, uh, the Briscoe brothers, which is like, a, a, like, yo, like yeah. one of the best things I've ever seen. Like I've got to see all these like stalwarts in indie wrestling because I lived in Florida and I could go. So it was, it was everywhere, but WWE was just the consistent programming. And we yeah. watched WCW because at the time until Stone Cold and the rock came around really like, yo, they were talking about hip hop. They had uh Dennis Rodman mm -hmm. over there. They had Carl Malone. Like it was yeah. like, yo, that's the show yo. for blacks, right? That's the show for <laughs> like, everybody. like they was they like uh Scott Hall was tying his uh his, his, hand, uh, his bandana like he was Tupac. My brother's yeah. like, yo, he did like, like he was Tupac. Yeah, like, Tupac left the two yeah. things out. Scott Hall would come tied up. And I my I never watched W well, clearly I've watched some of WCW because I know those moments. But when you look at it that way, I'm like, damn, did I miss out? <laughs> <laughs> they did have but a to be honest, flag to it. But to be honest, after a certain time, no, you didn't. Because then Vince Russo goes over there and he kind of ruins it. And then you get a lot of like Jeff Jarrett. Then David Arquette becomes champion. The only cool part that was still left was like Sting. And we had watched The Crow when we were kids. And I was like, yo, this Sting character is kind of dope. And my brothers were used to like uh, red, white, and blue tight, like neon color Sting. Mm. And I'm like, nah, this dude right here, this is the real Sting, Sting right here. Like, so it was a good mix, but like, we always prefer, we taped WCW and we watched WWE live. Okay. Like, that's how we I like it. Yeah, it. yeah. yeah. We're giving WWE our money, but we're going to go back and watch that on Wednesday. We're going to watch it Tuesday, Wednesday. So we can catch up, you know. The more you um, talk, okay. the more I am glad that we were your first wrestling podcast that you were on. Uh, just because you're like such a fan, like we were, uh, do you think you would have become a content creator if it wasn't for your love of and respect for the art of professional wrestling? <clears throat> nah, definitely not. Like, I think, I think I've always, I always say this, like so many things in pop culture and, and history have like helped me get to where I am now and have shaped mm -hmm. me. Like one of the big things, it's like wrestling music, obviously, but like mainly Missy Elliott, like those things. And it was important for me to see myself. So like seeing Missy, be herself cool that made me love music seeing the rock seeing seeing booker t seeing all these black people doing something that like you know my brother's telling me you know in the 90s was really just about like Shawn michaels and bret hart and like all these different like white guys for all intents and purposes like seeing all these black people start to come up and really make a name for themselves like wrestling definitely played a part in it like i said the whole personality was created off of melding stone cold and the rock and i'm like how can i bring that energy to just making content so no i don't think i would have 
ever got into into content creating had had I not seen wrestling, especially promos and interviews. No, I wouldn't have. Especially if I wasn't watching like uh, dirt sheets and like uh, kayfabe with Sean Oliver and stuff on YouTube and seeing like figuring out what kayfabe was was a big thing for me. I'm like, yo, so like they be acting like this, but like really be like, oh, I can use that. I could use that. Like I could do that online. I was recently uh, on a, a, a podcast and they asked us what was a moment. No, I think maybe Krista asked what was a moment where you realized like it wasn't wrestling wasn't real. Like, do you remember that moment where you were like, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I mean, so for real, it, it was a double whammy. My mom was like, um, it was like a double whammy and she it was Christmas time. So she was like, I just want you to know Santa don't pay for nothing in here and wrestling is not real. I was <gasps> like. I was like five and I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, yeah, no, legit. She was like, yeah, I pay for these things. I'm like, no, 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 no. What are you talking about? Wrestling is not real. Cause I just saw (laughs) mankind get cracked over the head 10 times with steel chair. And you're telling me that's, that's real. Like he was real deal bleeding. Like, no, that's real deal bleeding. She was like, no, the outcomes are predetermined and da da da. And I'm like, okay, but like, do I know, do we know the outcomes before it happens? She's like, no, then I said, it's real to me. Like, I don't don't know. Childhood, don't ruin my moment. Yeah, I'm like, as long as I don't know. And that's uh, like, for me, I didn't have the words back then, but now it's always just like, y'all watch movies. That Mm -hmm. should predetermine. Yeah, I watch TV shows. That's a whole watch it all the time, knowing the ending. So, and the whole thing I explain to people is like wrestling is storytelling in its truest art form. They're like, What do you mean? I said, You combine all the fun stuff about like TV and movies, right? You combine the script writing and all this stuff, but throw in physicality where the main actor is doing all his own stunts. You telling me that's not badass? How? Right. Like that's that's true storytelling. It's a it's a it's a it's a story with words, but also a story with actions. And I'm like, and when you really get into it, you see the story being able to unfold in multiple ways. Like they tell half the story outside the ring, the other half in the ring, and it culminates with a pin or disqualification, whatever. But it culminates in the ring. Like, how is that not amazing to people? Like I get so passionate about that. It's perfect example is perfect example is bloodline. This bloodline storyline that has us in a chokehold for two, three Whoa. years. I'm still like, Can still we literally tentals. peel back this onion? Because the way I see it and the way that this bloodline thing will get resolved, and I've said this so many times, is that everything that Roman is standing on, and I love Roman, I'm team Samoa all day, but everything that Roman is standing on is going to crumble underneath him. Jay is going to turn on him and literally get... <sighs> All the reparations and reparations he is so deserved. It's gonna be. It's gonna start with Solo. It's gonna start with Solo because Solo almost took Jay out at um backlash. If you want to talk happy about. with them, he not. And Jimmy's just gonna follow Jay because it's like Jimmy, you've been in the shadow for a while. We're gonna figure out something for you, right? And then the last, the the icing on the cake. Once all that is happening, and Cody doesn't come and do whatever he does, and whoever, whatever. And this is how I see it, because everybody is pushing Gun- Gunta so far now. Mm. Heyman is gonna leave Rome and align himself with Gunta. Gunta's gonna drop that IC oh, belt and go for the no. undisputed championship. And I, I, yo, as much as I don't even like that, I love that. And it's like for me, look, yo, everybody wills is turning every time I say that. Uh, no, no, no. My wheels aren't turning because I definitely think, and the biggest giveaway actually is that that lineup for the World Heavyweight Championship, the Triple Threats tonight. It's the give the giveaway is why isn't Gunther in that? Austin Theory's in it. Why isn't Gunther? They're setting him up for something bigger. 
It's LA something Knight bigger. In that. And people behind LA Knight too. Okay. I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do <laughs> love him. I mean, guy. Let me talk to you for a minute. <laughs> I love him. I'm not, I won't, but my whole thing is they are setting Guter up to definitely take dethrone Roman. And I think like, number one is he's got the built-in numbers with Imperium. Like he's got the numbers pretty much. He need one more person, which maybe they'll bring back the third dude that they fired, but like <laughs> the, he's got the numbers, but I do think they are setting him up, but I do think the bloodline is going to crumble starting with Jay. I think those promos between him and Sammy are just proof. Like he's planting seeds, like the same way it's the same. And I think this is the thing people are forgetting the same way Roman was planting seeds in Jay. Mm -hmm. Now Sammy's doing the same exact same thing. Yep. And it's like showing and it, even though I know most people want Jay to dethrone Roman, I don't see, I, I would love it, but I don't see WWE having the confidence in him. I don't even think that Jay has to dethrone him. Like, I don't think so either. You could put him, you could put the belts on the line or you can just even have Roman in some type of a match. Like it'll be a double heel turn or whatever. Like say they do set up the match between Gun Gunther and Roman. And we already know Paul Heyman is sneaky, ain't good for nothing. And Jay comes out, they look, it looks like he's about to help Roman. And him and Jimmy just like turn on um Roman. I mean Roman, yeah. Jimmy got caught in that hell in the cell. I yep. quit match. Yep. For for Jim for Jay talking about this is Josh. This ain't this ain't Jay. Like this look is, at me. Yep. Yep. So they both gotta get their lick backs. And it could be for like sure. a double, triple, however you want to call it. I, my favorite thing, and I feel like this or is something people don't talk about my favorite thing about the whole entire bloodline storyline is the fact that paul Heyman is involved because i don't I like i i get a lot of shit for this one but like my favorite person in wrestling as far as like ideas and creative is paul Heyman. oh yeah like, absolutely, absolutely he just don't let him near your money oh, but 100%. don't let him run no business but let him do all the creative things this man constantly has the best ideas and i think the best thing they did was ever was put roman with him and i i 100 percent he's giving away nuggets that's even. what like he's that's saying, what sold me on the tribal chief he's giving away so yeah. many nuggets even the whole thing he said i don't know if y'all caught his interview with ariel but uh his whole thing about like oh the the cody wins at the biggest payoff and i'm like so y'all finna hold this till wrestlemania next year like he's got me sitting over here thinking like so wrestlemania is gonna be the biggest gate he's like yep. the money is where you 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 know you switch things mm -hmm. i'm like so wrestlemania is that where cody's gonna complete complete the story is cody even gonna complete the story like he constantly has me thinking, and I think whatever they have, I trust them. If they want Roman to have a 10-year reign, I low-key trust it. Because I, I don't know what payoff is going to be, but it's going to be good. And I think that's the, the I just want people to be patient. That's the thing. And, like, wrestling friends are the worst because it's like, Well, I think she was trying to say because I don't know what's happening over there. Wrestling fans are the worst. They're so fickle. They're literally one minute they all yay Roman tribal chief da da da. Next minute it's like oh my god, give up the belt. I'm tired. No legit. Tired of it. Like how long he gonna have it? Give it to somebody else. All right, we got Gunther over here. We got La Knight over here. We and got Cody Rhodes. Yes, Cody's coming back. Yes, he's gonna finish it and take it. And then Cody and do it. Oh my god, give it to somebody else. We gonna yes. get this new belt. Put it on Seth Rollins. It's and like I think lot. I think that's the craziest part because I feel like, yo, like what we begged WWE for was long-term storytelling. For years, we wanted long-term oh, storytelling. For years, they finally give it to us, and now y'all are over it. Everyone's like, oh, they should have pulled the trigger on Cody at WrestleMania. Why? No. He got hurt three matches in. <laughs> like, he only had three matches before he got hurt and had to go away for six months. 
True. Why? Why? True. What is the, what is, he's done nothing. This whole complete the story. How do you complete the story? You haven't beat nobody. You beat you Seth beat Rollins three times. times. You didn't beat nobody. Now you got to go back through. And I'm like, they're trying to tell this dusty story all over again. That's the other thing. Like to, you got to make the loop. You be, it took him three times to beat Rick. Now you got to make your, and you got to get to the back of the line every time you lose. And I'm just like, I don't get why people don't see that, that, that coming or that like Cody will get there eventually, but it ain't going to be today. And it ain't going to be a SummerSlam if it happens. Right. They're not that invested. Like, I feel like a lot of these fans or a lot of the people who watch wrestling now, either they're old fans revisiting what they used to watch before and they forget about long-term booking or the newer ones are just so impatient that they just want to see the action, action, action and not really pay attention to the storylines behind it, the storytelling behind it. Because when Paul Heyman was coming out and talking about Dusty and Cody is having the moments, of course we was tired of seeing Cody crying, but it's hiding to everything. Everything. When Roman talked about, oh, did you win that? How about did you ever compete for that one? Your father told me every taught me everything that I needed to know, but I know he didn't teach you anything. And it's like, just like, why y'all coming for him? Like, yeah, I think it's I I trust the, the one thing I don't trust with W I don't trust WB ever when Vince McMahon is involved. But the one thing I do trust, even with him being around, is the storyline. They haven't messed it up yet. They haven't messed it up since 2020. I this is the one thing that I think they are trying so hard not to mess up. And so for whatever reason, I don't know who is in charge of this. I don't believe they'll mess it up. I think they're in a position where they're letting the people who were assigned to the story actually tell the story instead of someone else trying to come in and screw it up. So I, I'm I'm with it. I'm riding I'm riding out to the end. Like I'm tonight. I'm like, so where does Cody go next after this Brock situation? Like, what what were we doing? Like, is he making his way back to room and like what's up? Like, who's next? Like, uh, is he gonna lose to Seth with this world heavyweight? Like, what's going on? Like, I need to know these things. Like, I'm so invested in it. And I think if people spent less time trying to predict a future and more time just enjoying the ride, it would be more gratifying for everybody. I definitely agree with that. I agree. And like hearing you talk about, you know, how you kind of grew up watching everything and you appreciate, you know, as much as you do, like, how did you feel about the women's revolution and evolution coming to be? Oh man. I feel like it was about five years too late. I feel like they didn't want to give the woman who was actually responsible for it the credit because of the way she left the company. And I'm talking about AJ Lee. Um, I will ride at dawn for homegirl. Like that's my girl forever and always AJ Lee. She is the reason why the revolution came into existence. She was up there telling Stephanie McMahon about herself while in the company after her husband had just got fired by FedEx on their, on their damn wedding day day. and was letting them know like, yo, y'all got to do better by us. I don't have nobody up here that could wrestle. You got all these girls sitting in NXT that are fire right now. You're not giving them to giving me any of them. I got to go wrestle them on NXT. What is this? Like, like AJ Lee willed that into the existence. They gave the honor to Paige which all right, I suppose, but like AJ Lee is the reason why people like Paige are able to exist. If it wasn't AJ Lee doing this crazy kind of like embracing her uh, bipolar disorder kind of story, granted they shouldn't have put her as in as many relationships as they did, but they didn't know what to do with homegirl. Like AJ Lee willed that into existence. I think it was just late, but at the same time, like 
it always feels like with the the women's division up until now, it's progress to take step back. Because I also think about the time where Lita and Trish headline a Monday Night Raw, and then two years later, we're back to bra and panties matches. So it's always like this give and take with them and women. And I genuinely feel like they don't know how to write storylines for women at all. They never have. I feel like they never will until they get more women. But seeing that lawsuit came out concerned me a few weeks ago. Um, So it's just like, I always have hope that, uh, and to be fair, every company could do better. Like AEW sucks at women's storytelling. Absolutely sucks. Like they have someone like a Jade Cargill and they book her horribly at this point. Um, and the, the talent that you guys come across and what no, you can legit. do with that. It's like, like it's it's bad. And like to have to have someone like a Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley and an Oscar and EO Sky sitting there and you don't give them anything meaningful when it, it's so bad when I can say the last great storyline we've told is Mickey James and Trish Stratus. And that was a nine month storyline in 2006. And it culminated at WrestleMania to the point of where they naturally turned on Trish and started cheering for him. That's bad that I can recall all that information. Right. Why don't you have better storylines? Like right. they make the women seem so one and a half dimensional Whereas before they were focusing on how great they look and how great they were in relationships. Now they're focusing on, oh, well, they just put on great matches. Right. It's like, but there's no story behind the match. Yeah. Like Oscar and Bianca at, at, at uh, WrestleMania should have had way more story. A hundred percent. And I then also that. nothing followed it up either. I get that. So it's like, you could almost like forgive them if then post-mania yeah. was some epic shit, but then it like literally fell flat. It, this Trish return is falling flat as well. Because oh my God, it's really bad. I low-key think Becky pregnant again because ain't no way you out this long. And where the hell is Lita? Come I on. 100% agree. I, I do think she's pregnant, but I also feel as though, and I feel like I haven't seen anyone say this either. I feel like one of the biggest issues right now with wrestling is too many premium live events. Like, I hate to say that, mm. but like 12, It just think about it in terms of story. Like when you had even in the 90s, like late 90s is when they started doing them every, close to every month or whatever. But at least you had at least there would be some windows of pockets of two months. That's enough time to tell mm-hmm. a good story. But when you right. think about it, and especially when they did the brand split, you only got four episodes to tell a whole story. And then you got to fight out a pay-per-view. That four is not enough. Three hours on one show, two yeah. hours on the next show. Mm-hmm. It's not enough five to six matches in each show exactly it's not enough time when you break down the segments to tell these stories as good as they could be like like it just isn't enough time anymore Mm -hmm. even with all the time that they seem like they do have it's still not enough to get in everything for every so what's going to go first the women's stuff like bloodline they get they stuff in but see that's what's unfortunate is and i always see this is you see the potential that they have to care about a story because the nuances in the bloodline story like me me and my sister were explaining it to uh one of our friends that that doesn't watch wrestling and it was so complex like so it's like you guys have the potentials you don't care to put that into the women's division and Mm -hmm. if you're not good on social media like becky made that main event in 2019 oh yeah because of social you know the revisionist history the packages that how WWE edits it you like the Sasha Bianca like main event that story wasn't great either like who no. when they used to flip all the time was in the middle of that yes show. Reggie yes right but they don't show that they edit it to make it seem like it was it was an epic moment don't get me wrong but you know what I'm trying to say 
why my thing was why was it not a big deal about two black women main eventing night one of wrestlemania Period. until the night that it happened like y'all knew that was happening how many yep. weeks months beforehand and you didn't bring it up to the night that it happened like that's the whole story right there you yep. gave yourself the story i feel like yeah they don't have enough time to tell stories properly and they're gonna cut the women first i also feel like they don't know how to do it in a smart way to where they don't have to have these people fight on every pay-per-view like no you don't have to have both women's championships don't have to be defended every single pay-per-view if we're gonna continue doing that's why split brand pay-per-views were dope also mm -hmm. because you knew you were exclusively getting one rock bring it back please because then it gave each brand more time between stories to between pay-per-views to tell a bigger story like four episodes of tv just ain't enough if we're gonna do this exclusive brand like and that's why this draft concerns me because it's like if we're gonna shake it up shake it up to where that's what it was it was a shake up it wasn't even a draft everybody was over here went over there i also miss the graphics you remember how they used to like randomize and like it'll pop up mm -hmm. on the screen and, like that's the kind of excitement i like i love seeing teddy long and jbl announced but like i missed the excitement of like john cena getting picked twice in the night triple h getting drafted to smackdown one night and everyone's like what like mm -hmm. that was when they were doing some cool stuff and i feel like now as much as I still love them, I will never stop watching WWE. It's right. just like we gotta. It almost I almost felt like they got too comfortable for too long because there was no competition. Right. And now I feel like AEW, even though I don't necessarily, they're not a threat. It's not competition. I not think they all. are making it seem like it is though, and they're right. giving them a serious kick in the. But ass. also, I'm glad there's alternatives. Period. And Absolutely. I feel like that's all. I feel like that that's all it should be. Like it shouldn't be like this like quote unquote war. Because I look at WWE like Disney. Like it's yes. never going out of business. So no. it's with, so silly for people to, to ever think that. Like at the end of the day, you ask any wrestler, "Where's the ideal place you want to work?" They're all saying WWE. I don't, I don't care if they're. I don't care if they're. They, yeah, I don't care if they're MJF money. right now. Where's his dream to go? WWE. It just is what it is. But the fact that there is alternatives lets me know, like, yo, like, you could just go watch what you like. You don't got to call AEW a spot fest. Yes, we know it is sometimes. But some people like that. And you don't right. got to call WWE, like, safe and bland and vanilla. Sometimes it is. But, like, it's okay. It's for kids. It's PG rated. It's I don't PG think rated. it's PG anymore. Oh, it's PG-14 again? No, no, no. There's no, P there's no ratings right now. Oh, I love that. I love that, too. Like, because I feel like that that kind of hurt me in 08 when JBL right. was Right, I was just like, wait, so around. we can't say suck it anymore? Like, we can't say, um, we can't stick middle fingers up anymore? Like, No, legit. We can't, like, do... Shine you know, that some bitch like, up. We, we can't, right, like, we can't, we can't see the, um, blood anymore, like... Brock bleeding at Bro Backlash shocked me. I don't know if it was yeah. on purpose or not, but it shocked me. But I feel like every time Brock... and. It shocked me because we haven't seen blood in a while. But every time Brock wrestles in something big for the past couple of times, like not the maintenance, but like probably about two, three years ago, every time he hits a, a post, he bleeds. He gonna bleed. He gonna he bleed. bleed. I'm like, is your it's skin thin like, or are you doing this on right, purpose? Like, is there a razor blade that we don't know about? Like right there? So that That's what I was thinking. I'm like, did he blade on purpose? But I'm like... I, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like I didn't see him bend down or cut nothing. So nah, just like, he hit. And yeah. then, and it's crazy because once he wiped his face, the cut is so small. It's literally no, like this. I'm like, bro, dude, is your blood not clot? Are you good? Like we, I like, I know yeah. you had to retire from the UFC because it's uh, <laughs> tuberculosis, but does that have anything to do with why your not blood don't clot? Tuberculosis. I thought it was <laughs> <a> life. <laughs> 
Oh, my bad. Yeah, oh diverticulitis. My, my bad. My bad. My bad. Sorry, Brock. Don't sue me, please. I didn't mean to. Not the defamation. I swear. Right. 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 It was but something. Something health concerning. Yeah, something yes, where he had to have his intestine removed. I don't know which one that is, but I think it's the large one. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, but like yeah. I. I was shocked, but I also thought it added a little extra to the match, to be honest. Yeah. I like see when it's done right, it's done right. Yeah, right. I mean Stone Cold and Bread at WrestleMania 13. There you go. Oh there yeah, that go. blood was crazy. Yeah. Speaking of, okay, so since we're talking about like blood and like mistakes when it comes like to people getting hit in the face, there was this controversy online last week with another fellow podcast of ours, um, friends of ours. They were talking about Britt Baker's cookie on her eye, right? And how she made it into a shirt and how people, they were just like not for wearing the shirt, just like, yeah. oh my gosh, like this is supporting domestic violence and this kind of thing. But I'm just like, um, one, she got it in her match against Soraya or, or um, the other one, I can't I think. I think Tony or Tony. Tony Storm. That's one. Two, of course, she's going to make a profit over it after Soraya, being the heel character that she is, is going to make it her right. icon picture. See, yeah, and they made the shirt, and of course, like Britt right. Baker they signed off on it, but she it's like, so like the argument is if someone's wearing that in the street, that because it doesn't have a wrestling context. So the argument is like, if someone sees you wearing that in the street, it looks like you're defending like this white lady is, you know, bruised. Um, so it's, it, I feel like it's a very complex situation. So how do you feel about it? It is complex, but I also feel like if you want to know, just ask. And if you aren't going to go mm. through the 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 ranks to ask me what my shirt means, what it's about, so I can tell you, oh, it's just a wrestling t-shirt, then like whatever you mm. assumptions you make up are going to be the assumptions you make up in some ways. But I do think you have to like in a way be responsible or careful. Like would I necessarily wear that? you know, to go to the gym or go out. Maybe not. Maybe that'd right. be a house. That might be a house t-shirt for right. now. Until they maybe put some context on it. Or like, maybe they're, I'm like, is there a, I didn't see it. Is there like a catchphrase? Like like, no, that's the thing. That it's just a photo of a bruised a photo. It's white girl, like her face. So there's no wrestling context to it. But my thing yeah. is that it's also, it's also like one of the things, like if you know, you know, like we would know. So yeah. we wear it outside, like rock it with a, so me and my head, I would get that shirt. I would get it as a crop top. I might go buy one now, honestly. It's, I thought it was dope. Yeah, some Vans, accessorize it. And if I'm out and they be like, oh, that's a dope Brick Baker shirt. You know what it is and but who see, it is. But that goes with the responsibility of wearing it because I'm not going to go to work fucking... Now, I'll wear wrestling well, shirts to work. I'm not going to go to work. Now, am I going to go to Legends, a wrestling party or wrestling yes, show absolutely. and dress it up? Hell yeah. Now, I'm not going to wear that to like my corporate job or like you said, I'm going to wear it yeah. to like the gym. Just, you know, like optics. Like I feel like... Know? I feel like... I like wearing controversial stuff. So I'm just saying, I probably would wear it and be like, girl, if you ask me, great. But if you don't, like, that's your business. Like, make your judgment. You go ahead and assume. Yeah, assume. Because all, all assuming does is make an ass out of you. I don't like to use the other part because it doesn't make an ass out of me. It makes an yeah. ass out of you. That's your problem. Uh, but, like, I, I, like, you're saying that. And I'm like, dog, I want that shirt. Like, that's kind of dope. Because I like, like, the if you know, you know type thing. And that's the fun part about being in the IWC is just like, right. if you know, you know. And if you don't, get to. Get, get familiar. Good to know you get familiar. You, yeah. ask, you leave it alone because yeah. it. Because my thing is that everybody didn't say anything when Britt Baker was bleeding. Right. She had a whole T-shirt with her bloody face on it. And that was the shirt. 
Nobody said anything yeah. about that picture P has on her on her back with Becky yeah. Lynch after Nia Jax exploded her face. Yeah. So that was mm-hmm. a cook. My, okay, so mind you, right? The picture is literally her hair's turned over like this, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like this. And this eye is literally like a whole face picture. You just see the cookie under her eye. Her hair's turned over like as if she was trying to like style it and make it look cute. Like some type of model-esque okay. type photo. It's not like she's trying to cover it up or cover it up it's the whole opposite eye it's not like she's trying to cover it up it's not like she's trying to be like oh my god like playing woe is me and then it's also like common sense like do you really Really think think? i'll be wearing a domestic violence photo on my yeah like Like i wear like bba bb's a's like you think that's what i'm supporting like no no, like me I, I I'm a buy one now. Thanks for putting me on. Cause I, I think you should. Too. I think you I should. Cause one. I thought the yeah. shirt was dope, especially for your really your shirt. opponents to be your rivals yeah. to wear. I'm like they're the outcast. They do things that are a little like not okay. Yeah, like it makes sense to me. I feel and like it's cool because I, at the same time, like things like that happen. That goes to show how invested we are in wrestling. Yeah. Like it's not like she. Like I said, it's not like she's playing woe is me. She's yeah, not yeah. She's playing victim. She's getting her coin off of it. Off it, of it. it brings me back to um, Basketball Wives when Evelyn decided to make a, a shirt after calling Tammy a non-motherfucking factor. Like, yo. Like, you're going to make coin off of it. And then right, Evelyn exactly. was willing to give Tammy half of the yeah. money. Yeah. And Tammy right. was like, no, like, you're not going to sit here and da-da-da-da. Yeah. But... If Tammy would have took it, then it'd be like, all right, cool. If Tammy cool. and Evelyn could do it, right. then everybody else can do it. Yeah. Don't think of it like that. I don't want to call nobody sensitive because I understand the precautions, but I also think like again, you have to be responsible with how you're right. wearing the shirt, where you're wearing the shirt, but also understand that like people are gonna judge you no matter what you wear. Right. Like I if I will pop down a crop top, I'm fat. So if I pop out on a crop top, people are gonna judge me. They're gonna judge me the same for the shirt. They're gonna judge like, regardless. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Wrestling, unfortunately, like is one of those things where you rather get a reaction than not. So the fact True. that that went viral, now you're about yes. to buy the shirt. We're still exactly. talking about the shirt like two weeks later. And so that's really what it is. And I think you can be safe in the fact of knowing no matter where you go, some one person's going to know. Right. So mm-hmm. I can pull up to the gym in the shirt and I got a homie right. at the gym and be like, Britt Baker? And I'll be like, yup. I was just talking to someone about that recently because I work downtown and I see someone at least once a week wearing a wrestling shirt like at least once a week like I just saw a guy wearing the Mrs. My Balls Are Massive shirt and that could be <laughs> an offensive shirt to like the same argument I mean it's not as extreme as the Britt Baker shirt but like you're really wearing a shirt that says I have yeah. massive balls so it's like you know one of those things oh the Mrs. shirt yeah yeah which is but, hilarious um, it's so funny um do, have you gone to any live shows what's your best live show moment you've experienced oh man i went to uh the wrestlemania that was in or uh orlando 2008 rick flair's last match like that was that was <gasps> wow it. Was you were there with charlotte match. you were there with yes. ashley Flair. yes ashley <laughs> another one i can never watch again <laughs> Like, I could watch not. it because I know he went on to continue wrestling, even though he shouldn't right. have. Recently I cry every year. time though, like that. It's so sad. It's like it was, it was emotional. Wanna... It was emotional. Uh, I just went after to... that. I have to watch the raw after because that's equally as emotional. Yes. Yes. <laughs> y'all just like torture. Um, y'all like torture. That's what y'all saying. Okay. Y'all. Pretty much. Okay. I uh, I just went to AEW two weeks ago. Uh, that was fun. I had a blast. Oh and, my god, AEW um, shows are fun. I don't watch it, but they're so fun. So much fun. It's five the best five hours of your life, I feel. It's no, a long like, thing. It's a long haul. But it didn't feel that long. It didn't. 
It was it actually fun as fuck. Yeah. It was super fun. And then I I want I want them. They haven't ran WrestleMania at Hard Rock in Miami yet because it's brand Ooh. new. I want them to run the stadium and I wanna oh, I, I gotta be there. Coast, but um coast. I'm definitely thinking about going up to Philly for fifty for forty. Come, come, come on, we come, all going. Come, We're all going. I want We're trying to, to throw so a party bad. out there. Like, like, oh yeah. We're all going. I promise you, WrestleMania. I'm trying to get every my friend said she don't even watch wrestling. She goes, I'll come. I said, You gotta come from Thursday. You gotta come for the kick. Off, which is Wale Mania. Uh, like, if you yeah. don't come for Wale Mania, you come afterwards, you're really missing out. Like, are you even a wrestling fan? <laughs> right? No, I'm totally down. I always said I wanted to do it, go in a different city and have a good time. So, like, I definitely want to go. Uh, I feel like they might be running some live events in Florida soon, and I'm definitely going to go if they do. And then I'm I'm only uh like two hours from NXT, so whenever I feel like going, nice. I go. Yeah, I'm All only right. about two That's hours from cool. the Performance Center, so... Uh, yeah, I got to see a lot of those early NXT things uh, back in like 2014, 2015 era. So, yeah, I, I need to go back. I think who they have in NXT now is very interesting, and I want to go back and see some more. Facts, because I'm just like, that. even though they took my girl India Hartwell, I'm so oh, sad. No. I mean, but listen, she we got a minute. She about to come on Raw. I know, she yeah. Hopefully, have big things ahead for her. I love Indy Hartwell, and I and I'm hoping that this opens the door back for Roxanne Perez to go ahead and get that title back because I love Ooh. Roxanne Perez. So yeah, much. she's fun. We she's got, fun and we got Index back. Yes. Now we yes. got Index back. So yes. probably we just want to say thank you for joining us. This is a, such a fun conversation. Yeah, come back to our Thirsty Thursday show too. Yes. I hope this I'm is down. not the last time that you are with us. Well, we have a Thirsty Thursday this Thursday. If you're willing to hop on and pop out, you can drink anything you want. All right. Water, juice, whatever. I'll be hydrating this Thursday. So. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm totally down. So yes, well, y'all heard it here. Paul will be back for Thursday, Thursday. But please let everybody know where they can find you at, where yes. they can follow you at. Um, you can follow me on TikTok at Pablo the Don. It's all one word. And then you can follow me on Instagram at Pablo T Don. Uh, I'm off of Twitter these days. It's too much chaos going on over there. But you know, yeah, I gotta I gotta keep that one separate. But <laughs> no Twitter. But yeah, those are where you can find me. I want to say thank you so much. This was so much fun. Like I said, I'm so super happy that this got to be. My first podcast that's related to wrestling. I will definitely be back for Thirsty Thursday. Uh, this is great. And yeah, thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank and you. as always, you can definitely follow us, those wrestling girls everywhere. Please make sure you subscribe to our Patreon, our YouTube, our Twitch. Um, please make sure that you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and make sure you can follow me on Instagram at ms underscore Krista B underscore. That's ms underscore K-R-I-S-T-A-B underscore and ms underscore K-R-I-S-T-A-B on Twitter. You can follow Miss Queen PR over here on Twitter and Instagram. That's Queen three underscores PR. So on that note, it's your girl Krista B. And Queen PR. And the lovely, most fun person I've ever encountered in my life. One of our favorite guests. Thank you. Out of here. We'll see y'all next time. Bye. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your girl, Krista B, one half of Those Wrestling Girls. And I just want to say thank you for tuning in to another dope episode of Those Wrestling Girls. Please make sure that you tune in and you follow us on everywhere we are. We are on Twitch. We are on Patreon, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Please make sure you follow and subscribe. And as always, we love and appreciate you. And we can't wait to see you for the next episode. On that note, it's your girl, Krista B, and I'm out of here. Bye. Me.
Seychelles. Queen PR, Crystal B, those wrestling girls, TWG, Black Excellence, making it up a list. Podcast bringing up women and wrestling. Let's go.